You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Inside Sports, Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review out on Apple Podcasts. We truly appreciate any support that you can give us, whether it's you subscribe, you like, whatever you can do. We thank you so much right here from the Lakers Fast Break. Well, speaking of Lakers Fast Break, it's another special edition. These guys liked it so much. For our first round of our mock draft, and if you haven't caught it yet, please catch it today after you listen to this episode of the second round. Or actually, you know what? You may even want to go to the first round first, which we did last week of our 2020 NBA mock draft, and then you can come back to this one. But either which way, suit yourself on that. But thank you for listening nonetheless. It is the second round of our NBA mock draft, and I've got three great guests today. Unfortunately, one of the Barlows could not make it from NBA draft junkies, but you know what? I've still got Rafael Barlow, the guy behind NBA draft junkies. How's it going, man? Everything is going good. Can't complain. Well, you're the guy who thought of this great idea of doing the second round, so we're going to put it to the test. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge, but I mean, I, I enjoyed the first one so much and just you know, been around guys that enjoy the draft as much as I do. So this is this is going to be a fun opportunity to see um, how deep we've dug into our into our draft uh, prospects. We'll see. Indeed, my next guest is someone who I interviewed very recently. You got to catch out the episode that we did on the 2021 draft, and hopefully, you'll be able to check that out today on the Lakers Fast Break after you catch our mock draft episodes. It's Stone Hansen. And Stone, thanks for stopping by as well. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I'm excited to dig deeper. <laughs> we're going to be digging deep. In a draft like this, we're going to be definitely digging deep. And also, last but certainly not least, you got to catch his work at thestepian.com. Michael Weisenberg, I've had a great interview with you before. I've got one coming up here in the near future as well, along with Rafael Barlow. Cannot thank you enough for stopping by as well. Just just so excited everyone can make it for today's show. Yeah, thanks so much again for having me on. It was great doing the first round with these guys. And, um, yeah, a lot of draft expertise here. So uh, I, I think it's very cool doing the second round. And, uh, yeah, you go really deep in the second round. And um, every once in a while you, you end up uh, coming up with a gem. So let's see if we can come up with a few here. So let's see if we can come up with a few. I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I cannot say enough how glad I am that everybody is now wanting to be a part of this for both rounds. And I'll tell you what, it's just uh, 
Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. So we are going to go off the tankathon draft. So I want to go ahead and get the second round up here, here in a second. There you go. Okay, let's go ahead and, and do it right now because the first pick in the second round is going to go back to you, Raphael. And that's going to be with the Dallas Mavericks, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. If, I'm not, if that's correct. Yeah, it's going to be the Dallas Mavericks trading from Golden State. So who do you have at number 31 for the Dallas Mavericks? Oh, the pressure is on me to start this. For Dallas, I'm, I'm thinking that I would go with uh, just a versatile – three and D kind of guy that I think has great potential to, to be a shooter. And so uh, I'm going to go with Robert Woodard from Mississippi state. So that's Robert Woodard. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and get him off the board. Robert Woodard from Mississippi state. He is going to be at number 31. So that leads us into Michael, Michael Weisenberg from the step Who do you have at number 32 on your big board right now? Seems like they have a lot of guards, but I'm going to give them another one. And this uh, is because Cleveland can't have enough, right? Yeah. Oh, is this Cleveland or is this Charlotte? Uh, this is Charlotte. I'm sorry. I looked at the wrong place. Charlotte from Cleveland. From Cleveland. And um, yeah, e either way, uh, I'm going to give them Desmond Bain. I think he's been one of the best shooters in college basketball the last few years. Um, has defensive potential as well very strong player so um yeah just think that that's a, a good kind of value guy uh at this point in draft and then i'm okay. going back to back am i not that is correct because we're going to alternate for james barlow who couldn't make it today we're going to alternate so you are getting the first up on the third pick in this selection uh status and whatnot so number 33 it's going to be from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who you got? I have Killian Tilly from Gonzaga. And he has been a very solid four-year player there. Um, very good passer. Just seems to have great awareness on both ends of the floor. And um, then also like a very solid um, spot-up shooter. Uh, somebody that can stretch the floor a bit and uh, – you know, have a good off-ball defensive awareness as well. So I could see him being a guy that could play next to Carl Anthony Towns at times. That was somebody who I was eyeing at 35, so I'm not exactly <laughs> pleased with that pick by you. But, okay, we'll let it go this time. That's how I know I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, yeah, uh, you know, pretty good free thrower, yeah, around 75%, but it's that three-pointer percentage. Uh, he's – not just a one-year deal. With all four years, I was looking up his stats. It's been around 40% all four years, which is you know not the greatest of volume, which is kind of concerning, but still, that shooter all four years, that, that's got to say something. Yeah. I think he can shoot it. There you go. Well, that's 33 for you. Number 34, it goes over to Stone Hansen. And Stone, i tell you what, you're from the Atlanta Hawks. It goes to the 76ers. Yeah, so I think I'm going to go uh, with Paul Reed here. I think he could space the floor a bit for them at a big position. Shot blocker, hopefully, at the NBA level. 
<clears throat> but uh, I think I think he'll fit in well with the rest of the team uh, on that roster. Because 76ers are a little short of depth, and they need shooting. So how do you think he's going to fill those slots for the 76ers? Uh, I think they need shooting and ball handling. Uh, he fills one of those needs. So I would say he fits in fairly well um, as a big off the bench for them. Uh, can provide some much-needed spacing alongside Joel Embiid at times. So I think it's a good fit for him right there. So that's number 34 for the Philadelphia 76ers. That's Paul Reed. So that leaves me at 35. I like myself some shooting. So I'm going to go with Emmanuel quickly out of Kentucky. So I, I know there's been a little bit of issues with maybe his ball handling, his athletics. But I tell you what, the numbers that he pop, that pops out at you with his free throw shooting and his three-point shooting tells me it's going to translate both into the NBA. With Killian Tilly, his free throw shooting is not as high, which kind of concerns me that the three-point shooting may not always translate, but I'm not, you know, obviously four years of shooting at, uh, you know, at that kind of level that, that says otherwise. But Emmanuel quickly is someone who's a good free throw shooter, a good three-point shooter, and I think that at least as a specialist could translate into as far as him a roster spot and a way to contribute on a team. So for me, at number 35, uh, for the Sacramento Kings, Vlade hopefully will do something right and pick Emmanuel at number 35. All right, we head back to you, Raphael. It's number 36. The Philadelphia 76ers are back on the clock at number 36. Well, I had quickly. I thought that he would be a... I saw a, your face. I saw yeah. your face. I thought it'd be a perfect match. I mean, I think eventually uh, Philly is going to have to move Ben Simmons off the ball and maybe play a little four. And having a point guard uh, that can shoot, I thought would be a good complimentary piece. But since that is not an option now, um, I'll go with a backup five um, just in case, um, you know, Embiid's injury history flares up again. So I'm going to take Zeke Naji from Arizona. That's Zeke Naji from Arizona. I'm not going to say that's a bad pick at all because of the fact, like you said, when you're talking about the, Joel Embiid, he's not going to play an 82-game schedule. That's for sure. Yeah. And yeah. you're going to need some minutes out of your big man or some type of replacement for your five position. So I believe Zeke Nagy is, is a good pickup. And he's been right there on the edge of the first round, early second round type deal. So that's a good value right there for you at number 36 for the Philadelphia 76ers. So next we have uh, next we have Michael Weisenberg at number 37. It's the Washington Wizards. So who do you have picking for the Washington Wizards at number 37? They need a little bit of everything, yeah. uh, especially in the front court. And the guy that I have them taking here is Xavier Tillman out of uh, Michigan State. Just think he's a really smart player. He's been one of the most productive players, uh, like as far as box plus minus the past couple of years in college basketball. Great defensive awareness, very good passer. And um, I think he at least has some shooting potential as well. Hasn't really shown much of that yet, but there's a chance. I, I just think he's a really smart player and somebody that could maybe go in and play a few minutes for them. All right. At number 37, that's Xavier Tillman. Right there, picking for the Washington Wizards, who, like you said, they, they need depth. Uh, they also need a little bit of muscle and defense. 
Uh, obviously, they can score the ball like almost, you know, there's there's probably no other team right now that can keep up with them almost. Maybe, uh, maybe there's one or two teams, but still, the Washington Wizards are very, very fast-paced, high-scoring team, can shoot the ball well. The only thing is that they need some toughness and defense and uh, and also some depth. So that's a good way to start with Xavier Tillman. We're going to go ahead with Stone. Stone, you ready to pick twice? So we're going to go ahead with you on number 38. 38 is going to belong to the dumpster fire, as I keep referring it to, known as the New York Knicks. I shouldn't be so mean, but you know what? You They've done so much to derail that franchise in recent years. Now there's a new regime in place. Hopefully looking on the things will be for the New York Knicks. So who do you have at number 38 for the New Yorks? All right. So I think they're pretty much set and at power forward and big men as far as that goes, uh, even though they don't play them the right rotations. But I think I'm going to go with... They don't uh, have enough power forwards? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I was tempted to draft one, but I'm going to pass for now. Uh, I'm going to go with Malachi Flynn, I think, uh, right here. I think he provides some uh, much-needed scoring at times. Good shooter. Uh, I, I think that he's facilitating uh, is maybe a little bit of a concern for some people. Uh, he's not really a true like uh, point guard per se, but I think um, on that on that roster that he can provide the spacing and scoring needed that they so desperately have droughts of sometimes. So that is New York Knicks. We're going to go with my Flynn. You've also got pick number 39. That is the New Orleans Pelicans. And now we get in a situation where there's, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of players for that team. So, you know, if finding some time on that team is going to be a little bit difficult. Maybe a stash and grab player, maybe a player that you might want to go ahead and send for the G League for a while to develop. Who do you have at number 39? Yeah, so the Pelicans really don't have any gaping holes. So I'm just going to go best player available here and take Tyler Bay, who's the number one on my board. Uh, I think he's an athletic um, wing slash power forward, maybe some small ball five at times at the next level. We'll see. Uh, but I think he's um, it's just an uber athletic uh, forward who is still a little bit raw, but um, flashes a lot of potential. So I'm going to hope that he works well on the Pelicans alongside Zion. That's a very good value because I've seen him in uh, more than one mock draft in the first round, uh, even just outside the lottery as high as. So that's didn't, Tyler Bay. Did it Bay go 30th in the first round? No, did he? No, that's no. Sadiq Bay. Sadiq, uh, I picked Sadiq Bay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. Got two bays right there for you, right around the same time. <laughs> but yes, uh, Tyler Bay uh, is going at number 39 for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Like I said, time in there, but it is like like you were talking about, Stone. It's just a very deep roster at this point in time. A lot of a lot of players, a lot of pieces. I don't know if all of them fit. So maybe David Griffin is going to have to you know weed that out a little bit through some trades and some other movements and whatnot to make it a more complete, fleshed-out roster. But uh, Tyler Bay hopefully will get in that mix in number 39. I'm coming up next in number 40, and I think I'm going to go with a little bit maybe of a project. I'm going to go with Daniel Oturu from Minnesota. I'm going to go with him. I think uh, 
he may be able to provide some muscle inside for the Memphis Grizzlies. So I'm hoping at number 40, he could be a pick that could develop down the road. I'm not expecting anything right. In fact, when it comes to these picks in the second round, we start getting to the point where these picks are not going to be for the now. They're for hopefully down the road, maybe either as a, as another asset or somebody that can develop in the G League or somebody that can develop at the end of the bench. So uh, right now, I think Daniel too might have enough promise for me at number 40. Number 41 goes back to you, my friend, Mr. Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. We are back with you again for the San Antonio Spurs. So who do you have coming up for the San Antonio Spurs? Well, once again, you took the guy that I had slotted. So I think that um, you had a chance to look at my big board. So I might have to I'm redo looking it. at a lot of big boards. <laughs> Yours is definitely one of them. I'll just say that. All right, so I'll go with, I think, in my opinion, the next best big available, and I'll go with um, Reggie Perry from Mississippi State. That's Reggie Perry. What what entices you about Reggie Perry at that slot? Well, what I think San Antonio needs another big, and so I think he's a guy that that can provide a little bit of balance to their roster because they have so many guards, and then I – I think we had them drafting a guard, if I'm not mistaken, in the first round. So he's a guy that I actually had a chance to see this summer. And I just I just like him for, for that particular team. And I think it, it gives him the him personally the best opportunity to come in and, and possibly play some minutes as a rookie. So that's Reggie Perry for the San Antonio Spurs at number 41. All right, Michael. Michael Weisenberg from the Stepian.com. I'm gonna tell you right now, it was already bad for Stone before. Four because New Orleans is up now again. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of players on that team. Yes, indeed. And um, yeah, well, one thing I want to ask you first. One thing I want to ask you first. I apologize. If you were David Griffin, are you going to go ahead and maybe either trade some players or trade even those picks? I could see that happening in the 2020 draft. For sure, I I, I think you you have to look at it like just trading for future assets or maybe like packaging with some players on the roster but yeah like the chances of them like actually getting to use these guys with their current roster they have seems pretty minimal but the pick that i am looking at for the new orleans pelicans at 42 is skylar mays out of lsu good shooter has at least decent athleticism but he's just been really solid and um, has some ability to create off the bounce as well. So, yeah, that's who I would be looking at if thinking, you know, it's close to New Orleans uh, at LSU and uh, maybe making some noise in training camp and uh, possibly, you know, spending some time in G League and I think doing very well there if uh, that were the case. Fair enough. So that's Skylar Mays at number 42. Rafael, you're going to be picking at number 43 for James Barlow, your brother. So do me proud. Bring it home. A great pick for Vlade and Sacramento Kings. So who do you have? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if Sacramento have any roster spots available also. I, I know. This is where we get into the situations, don't we? Where It's either feast or famine on these rosters. Yeah, and I think they were – who do they at 35? Another guard, Emmanuel quickly. Okay. So at 43, looking at my notes, 
Oh, this is tough. Um, this is the problem when you have the draft going five minutes in the first round or the minutes up in the lottery in the first round or whatnot, and it's a shorter time in the second round. You actually need to flip it. You need more time in the second round than you do the first. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Who, who, do you remember who they took at 12? Let me look. That's what, okay. Okay. That was my pick. All right, so that means they already selected two guards. Um, I guess, even though he seems like he's very similar to who they had before, I would take um, Nick Richards. He's, he's kind of – may remind you a little bit of Kali Stein a little bit, but I, I'd take Nick Richards. So that's Nick Richards. I still have hope for him, especially on the defensive end. I think if you put him in the right situation, I think he could be a, a very situational player for you because I think he's speed and agility to go ahead and cover all the spots on the floor. Mm-hmm. Can't ask him to do much more than that. I've realized that I can him now in the NBA, but hopefully Nick Richards can develop into something a little bit more than that. So we'll see what happens with Nick Richards for the Sacramento Kings. Number 44, Stone. And we're up to the Portland Trailblazers. They did have a pick earlier, but been a little bit quiet so far in this draft. So I was still talking to you, I think, last time, or one of the possibility of trading C.J. McCollum, which could be a very real possibility in the offseason if they want to break up that logjam. Your thoughts on Portland is a team that I think is not that far away from getting back into the playoff scene. What do you think they really need in order to strengthen a team? And then after that, who do you have at number 44? Yeah, so uh, I think they definitely have holes at the forwards and uh, big positions. Obviously, Nurkic is coming back, but we don't know to what extent he'll be healthy. Forwards and wings are should be their top priority. I think they should look at trading McCollum just because, I mean, it and they're kind of just doing the same thing over and over again, and it's not really getting them to where they want to be. So with that being said, I think I'm going to go with someone who was maybe a bit of a disappointment this season, but I think a lot of people still are holding out hope. I'm going to go with Isaiah Joe here, uh, just a knockdown, lights-out shooter, uh, someone who maybe can fill in for McCollum while he's on the bench if they decide to keep him, just a – really more of just a sniper on the wing. I think he'll be used at the next level. So that's who I'm going to go with here. So that's Isaiah Joe at number 44. That leaves me at number 45. I'm going to be picking for the Orlando Magic. Choices out there still that could make an impact. I'm going to say that they need some guard help. And I'm going to see if at this point you're looking for someone that anyone that could possibly make a contribution so I'm going to go ahead with Mr. Peyton Pritchard coming off a great team that he did with Oregon. So I'm going to go with Peyton Pritchard. Uh, I think if, if his experience is going to pay dividends, him staying in another year and not going into the draft like he was going to last year. So I'm going to go ahead for Orlando and say Peyton Pritchard. Uh, I think if anybody on this right around this area might make the team roster, it might have some type of contribution. I think Peyton Pritchard could be one of those players. I'm going to pick him at number 45. Right back at you, Mr. Rafael Barlow. 46, we have the Boston Celtics. This is the same situation that we were running into. We were trying to pick for not one, not two, but three Boston Celtics draft picks. And we realized what we're realizing today, there's a 
a lot of spaces that are already filled and they're trying to squeeze these players into those very short amount of roster spots that are available. So who are you thinking about at number 46 for the Boston Celtics? <laughs> I'm trading this pick. <laughs> <laughs> would too. That's the first thing I would do. But since it's not an option here, um, I'm looking at, and this is a reach. I mean, I'll probably have them higher than a lot of people, but I'm going to trust my development staff. I'm going to take Paul Ibois and we're going to stash him in Europe for a year or two. Maybe even have him play in Maine, but I don't need any contribution from him right now. And I'm believing his upside. So um, I have the luxury of, of just having him sit around and develop somewhere else. So Paul Ibois. Paul Ibois. And so that is Paul Ibois. Uh, that's going to the Boston Celtics. Like you said, it looks like a, a draft and stash type player uh, at this point in time. He needs a lot of developing. And you never know, could develop into something special for the Boston Celtics down the road. But he is a little bit a ways off. I did see some of the, the videos on him, and, and it looks look like he's a, just a tad bit off from being able to contribute on a regular basis for an NBA team. Number 47, we have gone back to you, Mr. Weisenberg, and we're coming back to you for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to ask you this. You're the new regime. Uh, Gar Foreman, John Paxson, they're out. There's a new regime in there now. So clean slate. Who are you thinking about at number 47? Well, the general manager actually is uh, from my neck of the woods, uh, Mark Eversley from Toronto. And um, I'm guessing right now you just kind of go with uh, one of the guys that's higher on your board. And um, I know that, you know, these guys – are probably going first round, but uh, I'll, I'll go with Vernon Carey here out of Duke. He was, was one of the most like effective players in the ACC this year and um, just was an absolute load. And I, I think he has some shooting potential. His defense is a legitimate concern, but I, I just say, you know, why not? put him next to Wendell Carter Jr. in practice and uh, let the two Duke guys kind of uh, go at it and see if you can get something positive out of Vernon Carey. He, he even has some ball skills at his size. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, why not here at, at 47? All right. Uh, I think you're also picking at number 48. I, at number 48 is going to be traded from the Dallas Mavericks to the Golden State Warriors. So who do you think you got for a, hopefully a team that if they're healthy is going to compete again for the Western Conference title and even maybe even higher, although I'm sure a lot of other teams like the Lakers hopefully will have some say in that. So who do you have at number 48 for the Golden State Warriors? I'm going to go with Tyshawn Alexander. He was just a really good shooter, very good off pull-up, and a, a good defender. I think a, a guy who could possibly, uh, you know, become maybe what they thought they were getting out of Jordan Poole and um, somebody who could possibly compete for bench minutes right away from Creighton. Well, that's going to be uh, Tyshawn Alexander from Creighton. He is going to the Warriors at number 48. Stone, coming right back at you, my friend, for number 49 and the Philadelphia 76ers, a team which you and I discussed 
does need some help as far as overall depth uh, and some obviously in the shoot area of shooting. So who do you think that they will be taking at number 49 for the Philadelphia 76ers? Yeah, well, uh, since the bigs are pretty much covered now, since taking Reed and Najee, uh, I'm going to go guard here. I'm going to go with Devon Dotson uh, out of Kansas. I think he's can fill in as a solid backup point guard here for them. Um, struggled shooting from the three this year, although he had a pretty good year last year. But the uh, free throw percentage has been pretty high, and um, obviously we use that as a better indicator. A lot of people do at least than the actual three-point percentage. Uh, I think he's he should be fine in that area. Uh, solid passer, pretty much everything you want out of a backup guard. So I think he's a fine value pick at this point. All right, so that's going to be Devon Dotson at number 49, uh, looking to go ahead and be a part of the Philadelphia 76ers roster, according to Stone Hansen from draftsite.com. Number 50 for me. Kind of a little a bit of a project because he got to work on his shooting, especially the fact that you might want to ask him to do some granny-style shooting up in the free-throw line. But Udoke Azubuike of Kansas is who I'm going to go ahead and choose, especially if uh, one of the bigs from Indiana gets traded because Indiana has number 50 right now. So I'm going to go ahead and say at this point in time for the Pacers, Udoke Azubuike from Kansas, you know, good rebounder, block shot artist, uh, you know, obviously he had a good on the pick and roll, athletic, but can't shoot a lick to save his life. Uh, unfortunately, free throw shooting is absolutely atrocious and never really learned to develop that in Kansas. And I, I sort of almost blame that on Bill Self personally uh, for not, you know, just really honing in on that, at least giving him a chance to go ahead and develop that at least to a point where he could make 50%. So he's there. that's really going to be an area where it's going to be an issue for him going forward in the league, but I am going to see if he can develop into something special. And that is Odoka as a at number 50 for the Indiana Pacers. So it's back to you, Raphael. It's number 51. So we're getting down to the last 10 right here on the second round of the NBA draft here for the our NBA mock draft. So that is going to the Oklahoma city thunder. They're kind of quiet now, but I mentioned on last week's program that they're going to have a ton of draft picks over the course of the next few years. So who do you think that they can get maybe a steal or whatnot at number 51 for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Well, I've checked the first round, and I've looked at the second round, and I, I can't believe that he's still available. But um, this is a guy who some people thought was a top 10 pick coming into the season, and I'm taking Isaiah Stewart from Washington. Oh, Isaiah Stewart, a name that, yes, like you said, I, I agree with you. Uh, he is somebody that did get a lot of hype uh, going into the season and obviously has fallen off, uh, not on your, not only on your guys' radars, but a lot of other radars as well has dropped in value. Uh, why do you think that is, that he's dropped so far, not only on our board, but everybody else's as well? Uh, because it's not 2002. <laughs> it was <laughs> 20 years ago, he's a top five pick. Um, I mean, he had a pretty decent year. He averaged over 17 a game and he shot a high percentage from the floor, but you know, it's the way the modern NBA day, the way the modern NBA is, there's not a lot of room for bruisers, but I mean, I've, I'm a fan of Oklahoma city's, you know, their structure. And, and, and I think that 
to find him this late is a steal, and he's a guy that can possibly come in and play minutes as a rookie. Well, there you go, and that could be at 51 right now for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's uh, obviously a lot of you know somebody that we all let slip through, and there's always got to be one player that slips through uh, to an extent for either injury reasons or performance or something off the court issues or whatnot, and, and for – and for us, it looks like Isaiah Stewart is going to be that individual that drops in our draft. So Isaiah Stewart goes to number 51 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Looking at this draft so far, Oklahoma City got Mannion and Stewart at 25 and 51. Two guys that a lot of people thought were lottery picks at one yeah. time. Yeah, so there could be some good value there. You never know. Uh, I know for me, when I picked him at 25, Nico Manning, I just thought he was dropping too low, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I just thought there was still some good value there in development. I know uh, there's some, been some questions about his overall ability, but I think, uh, you know, I think you and I have talked about Nico Manion, and I thought, uh, you know, from what I've seen on the videos and whatnot, I think he is, he, that's right about where I think he should go, maybe a little bit higher, the lower 20, you know, like like right around there, 20. 18 to 23 i think he should go into that range but uh, isaiah stewart dropping that far uh, that's uh you're right i think we either all missed it or we just all have uh, soured on our opinions of isaiah stewart we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast needing an edge for your fantasy football team Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. So number 52, Michael Weisenberg coming right back at you here with number 52, and that's going to be from the Houston Rockets, who are avoiding the draft like the plague seemingly this year. So they are going to give their pick to the Atlanta Hawks. So I guess I'm assuming this is from the Clint Capella trade. So I want to ask you who you would choose for the Atlanta Hawks, maybe someone that could compliment Trey Young at number 52. I am thinking um, Cassius Stanley from Duke, a guy who did really well off the catch this year um, and is great in transition. Uh not necessarily like, you know, a, a guy who's going to be making tons of plays for other people, but um, definitely somebody that could run with Trey and uh, has some shooting potential. So um, I know they're they're pretty deep on the wing, but uh, no harm in uh, finding a, a really athletic uh, wing this late in the draft. All right. So that is Cassius Stanley at number 52. So number 53, Stone, did you pick the number three pick last time, or is it uh, Raphael's turn? Uh, let me see. I, I believe it's mine. Okay, so who do you have at number 53? You're going to get 53 and 54. So let's hear your picks for the Sacramento Kings once again at number 53 and the Golden State Warriors at number 54. Yeah, so uh, the Kings are pretty much don't have enough roster space at this point. So obviously I'd be looking to trade it, but if I do have to pick, I'm going to go overseas, I think, and take, I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Rokas Yokubetis out of Lithuania. Shifty point guard, 
up and down shooting throughout different tournaments and such, but um, I think he's a pretty intriguing prospect uh, later down the line. Um, good change of pace and direction. So I think that's who I'd lean with for here. Uh, stra- draft and stash type guy. So who would you take at number 54? 54. Uh, State Warriors. Yeah, that's they have they have all the shooting they need uh, at this point. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I think with uh, Trevlin Queen here, um, point guard, shooting guard, uh, defender. Um, I think he can provide solid minutes off the bench. Uh, more of a polished guy. But I think that's what they would be looking for at this point in the draft, just someone who might be able to come in and contribute, play spot minutes if any injuries occur or anything. So I'm going to go with Trevlin Queen here. So that is Rokas Chokubaitis? Baitis? Baitis? Something like that. Something like that. That's, you know what? That's what we're going to put on the back of his jersey. Rokas, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, he is going to Sacramento at number 53, more like you said, like maybe a draft and stash. And at number 54, you have Golden State. They're picking up Trevlin Queen right there, a solid player. That's probably right around where I'm seeing him on draft boards, maybe a little bit higher. I see him right around in that mid-50s to mid-60 range. So that's that's probably right around where he's going to fall. He is going to be at number 54. Number 55, for me, I'm going to go – I don't think he's been picked yet, but for number 55 at the Brooklyn Nets, because, you know, KD, this whole team, uh, it does have a lot of pieces but still needs some pieces. I know know I'm not making any sense when I say that, but it's kind of weird where they have all these – again, like New Orleans have all these mismatched pieces going on. I know there's going to be some trades with either Levert or Dinwiddie or or – Joe Harris, one of these pieces that Kevin Durant is probably not groovy with is probably going to be traded. Uh, so I'm going to probably say that in order to free up that they still need something. So I'm going to say as a burst of energy, someone who on the, as far as a offensive player could really do some of the good things. I know he'll score a lot in the G League. Whether or not he's going to get the chance in the NBA is still up for debate. But Marcus Howard, I think I uh, – I don't think he's been chosen yet. So Marcus Howard, I'm going to go ahead and choose him at number 55. Someone who I think is, yeah, he's he's only 5'11", but I still think he can score in the NBA. I mean, he, I've seen some of his, his uh, attributes, and I think he can go ahead and be a nice little energy guy off the bench right there at number 55 for you. Number 56, coming right back at you, Mr. Rafael Barlow, on our second round of the NBA mock draft. We now... Well, actually, you know what? Boston Celtics, they finally traded away one of their picks because they had like a lot of them, but they traded it to the Charlotte Hornets. So who do the Charlotte Hornets get at number 56? 56, if I'm Charlotte, uh, I'm going to take Ashton Higgins. Um, I know they have, they already have two guards that they're playing a lot, and I'm not sure who we had them taking earlier in the draft. Uh, oh, they took... Um, Okongu. So yeah, Ashton Hagens, I um I like his defensive potential. I think he's a guy that that um he could probably come in and, and play beside one of the two other guards that they have. 
and his role would be early in his career to come in and play defense and pick up full court, maybe be a, a Patrick Beverly type. And if he can ever develop his outside shooting, then maybe he can be a high rotation player, maybe even a starter. So Ashton well, that's number uh, 56 there for you. That's Ashton mm-hmm. Hagens. Mm-hmm. So that's at this point, you're looking for anybody who could make any kind of contribution for your team, either now or down the road. So it, it really gets tough right now. You know, you got, you got to know your stuff, and that's why you guys are here. So you can go ahead and at these late picks really explain to people why these players can still contribute this late in the draft. So at number 56 for the Charlotte Hornets, you have Ashton Hagens. Ashton Hagens for Charlotte at number 56. Number 57, back to you, Michael. I think this is your last pick of the day. And you have, from what I'm seeing, the Los Angeles Clippers. So who are you going to take at number 57? I am going to take Mamadi Diakite out of Virginia. I just think he's a pretty mobile big, uh, has some, you know, comes from that great defense at Virginia, has some shooting ability, great energy, well-known for making that uh, amazing final shot that, well, it was more an amazing Kihei Clark play in the Purdue game and the NCAA tournament, but had a really good year this year as well. And uh, I think he could be a a nice energy big for a team that uh, seems to have a few, but maybe in flux with uh, the Clippers. And if uh, a certain Montrezl Harrell, is not re-signed in free agency, that could be an issue. So they might need a plug and play. And Mamadai Daikite at number 57 could be that energy big that you could find. I mean, if he plays anywhere near to the level Montrose Harrell in a couple of years, that could be a real good steal for the Los Angeles Clippers. I hope I got that name. Yeah, it would, it would uh, be pretty amazing. But yeah, he, he's nearly as long as Montrez, not quite as strong. Yeah, I think it could be an interesting pick. Very interesting pick indeed at 57. Number 58, um, I think, Raphael, it is now your turn for the Toronto Raptors. So who are you going to take at number 58? At for Toronto, I'm going to take a guy. It seems like his name has been on draft boards for the last four years, but he's still pretty young. I'm taking Omer Yurtsevin from Georgetown. Okay. Why so? Um, I think that he's he's skilled. I mean, he's also a guy that if this were another era, I think he would go a lot higher. But he's a guy that's skilled. He's um he's experienced. And then Toronto has the the luxury of letting him play behind Gasol. And they're really good at developing their guys. So even if he has to spend a year with the with the Raptors 905, I think that he is the guy that could, again, potentially be a rotation player down the road. And explain to everybody out, out there the success that the Toronto Raptors have had. I know there's been more than one success, Chris Boucher for one. But in your opinion, why has uh, Toronto found certain success with their G League teams as opposed to others who have not? Uh, I think they, they're really concerned about developing. I think there are some G League teams that, um, you know, they, the coaches may want to win. And I get if you're a coach, you want to win because you want to put yourself in position to, to move up. 
but I feel like they've been able to get their coaches to really buy into developing. And even though they have one with, with Stackhouse, just their success stories. I think Van Vliet played for them for the 905. Um, Siakam played for the 905. Um, who am I missing? Boucher, you said. So for whatever reasons, they've, they've done a good job developing. And if I were like an agent, and I had a guy that didn't get drafted. That's one of the teams that I would want to send my player to on a two-way contract because I feel like they would do a good job of developing him. And so that was uh, number 58. Who is it again? I'm sorry. Omer Yurtovin from uh, Georgetown. Yes, that's right. Omer Yurtovin from Georgetown. That's going to be at number 58. Just basically right there, you, like you said, developed under Patrick Ewing. I mean, what a great player to learn the big man role from than uh, Patrick Ewing. So that's at number 58. 59, we go ahead to you, Stone. 59, almost done, almost there. 59, you're going to have, well, it's not the Lakers because they gave away their draft choice to the Philadelphia 76ers. Who do you have at number 59? All right, so this is probably my favorite pick, actually, out of the whole draft. I think it's probably the – one of the best fits. Uh, I'm going to go with Cassius Winston here uh, for the 76ers. Uh, just a absolute sniper uh, career, I think, like 43% um, in college uh, from three. Why does he fall this low, do you think? Uh, age is a big factor. Uh, he's a lot older than a lot of other guys, four-year prospect. But I can I can see him just having a long, steady, productive career as a backup point guard. Uh, just – solid passer like everything you want offensively from a backup i think he provides so i think he's a steal for the 76ers at this point for what they need all right so that's going to be at number 59 that's cassius winston 59 and so that, that leaves me with the last pick of the nba mock draft and before i go ahead and make that pick i want to thank each and every one of you guys for being on both these shows, both these mock drafts. It's been a lot of fun. And also James Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies as well. And I'm hoping that we will do this closer to the draft when the lottery is finally finalized. And we'll go ahead and be able to get a better idea who is picking where. So uh, with that said, the last pick, and I'm not trying to stall because I'm trying to pick, but I'm trying to stall because I'm trying to think about who I'm going to pick. <laughs> but I think at this point, I think you're going to get, if you're going to get anything, I think I'm going to go ahead and get a big F for the New Orleans Pelicans, even though, again, it's, it, you know, this is a team that has a lot of pieces, uh, just needs to be able to put them together. So maybe addition by subtraction, you, you may see coming up from them. But I'm going to take Nimayas Cueta from Utah State. I'm going to say Nimayas Cueta from Utah State. Good rebounder. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I, I think he's going back to school. Is he going back to school? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess I can't pick him then. Because <laughs> uh, he's still listed a lot of these draft boards. And I actually uh, was looking at him later in the draft uh, for a couple of days now. So that goes out of the way. So I guess uh, if that's the case, I had a backup on my draft board. And that is Luca Garza from Iowa. Let's go with Luca Garza from Iowa to finish out the roster. A very solid player from Iowa. Good size, uh, 260, 6'11". That's a good NBA size. Now, whether or not that's going to translate into anything into the NBA as far as development is concerned, because he could be you know, a big man that may not be able to play in the big man's game for this 
NBA that that's going to be really remain to be seen. But I'm going to take at this point in time when you're reaching at number 60, although you never know, he could become the Isaiah Thomas for this year's draft. It's Luca Garza at number 60 for the New Orleans Pelicans. Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast, My Worst Holiday, and you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. All right. So that does it for this year's draft for now, the second round of the NBA mock draft just been great having you guys aboard for this time around it's been a lot of fun once again very challenging even more challenging this time around because you got a lot more thinking to do on exactly who's going to be able to contribute to these teams uh but guys it's been fun but before we head on out i want to hear what you guys are up to please let the listeners know as well so rafael barlow from nba draft junkies Outside of the great videos, outside of the great stuff you got going on at the NBADraftJunkies.com and the great videos on the YouTube page, what else is cooking or even what is new cooking with NBA Draft Junkies? Same old, same old, just going through prospects and, and watching their film and, and just trying to um, you know give my opinion on their strengths and areas for improvement. So as I said before, I got a lot of time between now and the draft. So hopefully I can have at least 50 videos, 50 or 60 videos up for the prospects. Maybe even if I'm lucky, 100 guys, because um, I'm breaking it down to two. So I got a lot of work ahead of me, but I'm thankful for this time that I have the opportunity to to produce the content that I want to that I want to produce for my website. Well, I want to thank you for suggesting a second round of this. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it as well. Uh, a lot of challenging picks uh, out there. And I'm glad this, I feel better about the second round than I did the first round. Cause when I was picking in the first round, you guys were going like, <laughs> I could see you slightly snickering in the back there. Now with this one, I was actually taking picks from away from you guys that you guys are actually interested in. So I'm kind of feeling better about myself this time around. Stone Hansen from draftside.com. I talked to you before this week about all the stuff going on for 2021, but I want to hear your thoughts and let the listeners know out there what's going on with your work at draftside.com. Yeah. Uh, I just put out another mock draft and updated one a couple of days ago. So everyone can check that out at draftsite.com. working on 2021 a little bit, uh, starting to dive in a little bit more on some of those guys, but, and then I'll have a top 100 big board out within the next, hopefully two weeks or so. So, be on the lookout for that. I'll post it on Twitter at report underscore court. So, and Raphael, what are you and uh, James's uh, handles on Twitter in case anybody has any questions? I'll talk to you too about. 
Mine is Barlow, my last name, B-A-R-L-O-W-E, 500. James is, is Draft Junkie, D-R-A-F-T-J-U-N-K-Y, James. All right. So if you guys have any questions out there, please, there you go, there you go for Stone Hansen. And you go for Raphael and James Barlow. Last but not least, my friend, it's been a great draft. Michael Weisenberg from thestepping.com. What are you working there? Perspective insight or anything else you're working on right now? What you got going on? Doing a lot of uh, film study and looking at um, 2021. And right now, for Perspective Insight, we have uh, quite a few Q&A series coming out. And I'm usually writing the introductions for some of those. Uh, we just released one on uh, Elijah Fisher, and he's a top Canadian prospect in the high school 2023 class, but exciting prospect nonetheless. And still thinking I'm going to do that um, kind of Hoop Summit USA team uh, breakdown with some of the top prospects in uh, the possibly the 2021 draft with uh, Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, and... Uh, recent Stanford commit Zaire Williams. One thing I want to ask you, because, you know, you said in the past that you are from the great area of, of Canada. Yes, the sir. Canada. The development in Canadian basketball in this century, in the past 10, 15 years, has gotten so much better and developed so much. Uh, your thoughts on, on what is the process, who maybe has been responsible, what steps have they taken to make them more a player because we're seeing more Canadian prospects come into the NBA and making a great impression. Yeah, I, I think it's just been a really great grassroots system. Canada basketball has definitely been involved, but there are lots of great grassroots programs out there like, you know, CIA Balance, You Play, Brockwood Elite, like I'm sure they're Canada Elite. I'm sure I'm missing Northern Kings. I'm probably missing a bunch, but a, a lot of, uh, guys identifying talent at a really young age. And then they're doing a really good job of uh, keeping some of the guys in Canada. Like Elijah's plans to stay in Canada at Crestwood Prep, but Athlete Institute and Orangeville Prep produced some players. And then, um, yeah, also a really good job of uh, sending some of these players to really good United States prep schools also. So every year it seems like there are at least a few Canadian guys in the top 100 or so rankings or even higher done a great job there. And Canada basketball gets a, a lot of credit and uh, yeah, I'm very excited for the future. The, the national team may have to cut NBA guys in the future. Like that was not something you ever thought about with Canada. And the other thing I want to shout out is Raphael, your shirt, my man. <laughs> <laughs> There you I have go. a question there you for go. you. If you had to choose, and maybe you're biased, which country do you think has the brightest future? And in my opinion, they're close between France and Canada as far as like future and developing NBA prospects. That is a tough one, man, because France has been, you know, just a really solid team throughout the years. I want to see Canada actually get everybody together. And the plan was that was going to be this summer. Uh, a lot can change in another summer. So <laughs> who knows? They've had a really tough time getting guys together. And France has that program. And it, it seems like the, France also does maybe a better job of keeping those guys together. So I, I'd still put France probably ahead for now. 
But mm -hmm. let's see how Canada develops in the future. And they have the second most players on NBA rosters as far as any other country. So, yeah, yeah I, I think Canada basketball definitely on the rise. Let's get to the Olympics first. That, that's the other thing. They haven't been there since 2000. So uh, France has been steady going. <laughs> Canada still needs to get there. That's true. Let's talk to Steve Nash. Yeah, get him over there. Yeah. Oh, he he was the general manager of the team Canada for quite a while. And uh, yeah, for, yeah. So I mean, that could be a correlation right there as far as the development of Team Canada. Uh, I don't think that's by accident. And then obviously his work with the Golden State Warriors. But I see him more lounging around, uh, a little bit more relaxing these days, trying to enjoy the fruits of his labor. I can't say I blame him. I uh, hopefully he'll still be loyal to his country and be able to help produce a lot of great players from that area, uh, at least have a hand in it per se, because learning from him, just the, just the knowledge that he has could be just so valuable to these young players. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been great guys. I cannot tell you enough. Another hour went by so quickly. A lot of great picks, even by me this time around. I'm so excited for it. Yeah. Just, all right, go ahead. Um, I know some of these teams will be calling us after the show to go ahead and speak to us in regards to some assistant GM positions. So <laughs> I want to go ahead and let you guys know that you need to get your agents on standby. Yeah, Stone's got the fingers crossed and all that. Don't get me started with the Lakers organization right now because I'm still mad at them for uh, what they did earlier this week. But I tell you what, it's been a lot of fun, and I will be asking you guys to do this again as it gets close to the NBA draft. Just truly a great time. I cannot thank you guys enough for being part of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.